Hello, and welcome to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about upcoming events, this podcast, and for other resources, visit candygibbs.com. Well, we're going to continue to talk about the transition between Moses and Joshua. And tonight we're going to see that the actual handoff from Moses as the leader to Joshua. But as we begin, I want you to maybe just say out loud some of the walls that you think your generation needs to see come down, our nation needs to see come down, or this culture needs to see come down. What are some of the things that you think are strongholds, walls in your generation? Deception, pride, fear, Fear. confusion, Confusion. division, Division. unbelief, Unbelief. ignorance, Ignorance. Hatred. hatred. Arrogance. Perversion. I think there's definitely from the Moses generation to you has been a perversion. Compromise. Compromise. Apathy. It's a big one. Tolerance. Tolerance. Absolutely. Deception, you know, is one of the things that the the word talks about in the end times that even the elect would be deceived if if the time wasn't cut short. And I can tell you that people that are older than me in their 60s who have been leaders in the faith in the past who now say, I don't know if I believe there is a hell. I don't know if I believe that this sin or that sin is wrong. Um, I don't know if I think transgender is okay and all of these things, it's just deception. So I don't ever want you to think that it's only your generation that's struggling with these things. I think that's a falsehood. That we, we say a lot of these things about you, but it isn't just you. So let's talk about Joshua. Joshua was one of the 12 that went in to spy out the land, right? And this was after Moses had led them. This was after the Lord said, Joshua will be your uh, next in line for leadership and you need to give him some of your authority. 
and start allowing him to take the people out and bring the people in. And so then they come into the land of Canaan, and Moses sends in 12 um, spies to spy out the land. And um, it says that Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and he said to them, Go up into the Negeb and go up into the hill country and see what the land is and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, and whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds, and whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees in it or not. Be of good courage and bring back some of the fruit from the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So there were 12 spies that went in. You probably only know the name of two. Who are the two that you know? Joshua and Caleb. Why do we know them? They're the ones who came back and said, yes, we can take that land. So it says at the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people in the wilderness. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and they showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us. It does flow with milk and honey and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev, the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the hill country, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. And then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought this to the people of Israel, a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw there in it are of great height. And there we saw, saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, and we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. And so the congregation starts to cry out to Moses, Oh my gosh, don't do this. Don't send us in. We're now terrified and afraid. And Joshua and Caleb, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes And said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, The land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And so Joshua and Caleb are the only two from this generation that the Lord says, okay, all the rest of y'all, you're not going in. And Moses was included. Only Joshua and Caleb. Because they believed 
God. And so then we see that Joshua, it's now time for him to take his place. And in Deuteronomy chapter 31, it says, So Moses continued to speak these words to all of Israel, and he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I am no longer able to go out and come in. The Lord has said to me, you shall not go over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself will go over before you. He will destroy these nations so that you shall dispossess them. And Joshua will go over at your head as the Lord has spoken. And the Lord will do to them as he did in these other places And the Lord will give them over to you and you shall do to them according to the whole commandment that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. And then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all of Israel, be strong and courageous for you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them. And you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. And then in chapter or verse 14 it says, And the Lord said to Moses, Behold the days approach when you must die. Call Joshua and present yourselves in the tent of meeting that I may commission him. And Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves in the tent of meeting. And the Lord appeared in the tent in a pillar of a cloud, and the pillar of the cloud stood over the entrance of the tent. And I wonder what that must have been like, because this was not a unique situation for Moses and Joshua. And they had spent a lot of time together in the presence of the Lord, just Being and receiving, going in as he continued to send them out. Only this time, they both went in and Joshua was the one going out. It says in verse 23, And the Lord commissioned Joshua the son of Nun and said, Be strong and courageous, for you shall bring the people of Israel into the land that I swore to give them. I will be with you. And then this is one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. This is in chapter 34. And the Lord said to him, this is Moses, this is the land of which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to your offspring. I have let you see it with your own eyes, but you shall not go over there. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in the valley of the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor. But no one knows the place of his burial to this day. Did you know that? God buried Moses. Moses was 120 years old when he died, and his eyes were undimmed. And his vigor was unabated. And the people of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab for 30 days. And then the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. And Joshua, 
the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. And there has not arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. None like him for all the signs and the wonders that the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, and for all the mighty power and all the great deeds of terror that Moses did in the sight of all of Israel. So now we have Moses. We, we've debated all day who are the greatest leaders that we can name, living and dead. But who are the greatest leaders? Arguably, Moses has to make the top three. He led about a million people through the desert for 40 years. The Bible says that there was never a man as humble and at the end of his life, at 120, the Bible says his eyes weren't even dimmed. His vigor was undaunted. He was still strong and energetic. And there was never anybody like him again. No one ever did the things that Moses had done. And you are Joshua. You are going to follow at this time in history, the greatest leader of all time. The man who had the most intimate relationship ever spoken of with God, you are next in line. Do you think there would be a bit of weight attached to that? I mean, you're coming out of this tent, the head, and one I've heard people say that the reason that God buried Moses where the people didn't know where he was buried is because he thought the people might go back and worship Moses' grave. That's the guy that you are following. And I guarantee you Joshua was like, holy moly. I mean, I hope those grapes got a lot going for them because here we go, right? So they mourn for Moses, they bury Moses, God buries him, and then it's time. And the next thing that they do, you'll remember, is Joshua takes them across the Jordan River. And you'll remember this story because he takes them to the edge of the Jordan River and it says that the river was at flood stage. And the Lord tells Joshua, listen, tomorrow you get, you get ready tonight. You guys consecrate yourself because tomorrow I'm going to do great things among you. And I know Joshua was like, whoo, I don't know, Lord. We might need a week or so. We might, I need to, whoo, you know, get it going. And the Lord says, Moses is dead. You, sir, be strong and courageous because I'm going with you. And you tell the people to get ready because tomorrow we go. And you're going to send the priests with the Ark of the Covenant representing the presence of God out first. And the Bible says what's different about the Red Sea and the Jordan. Do you know what's different? At the Red Sea, Moses held up the standard and the waters part and the ground dried and the people walked through on dry ground. 
when Joshua took them across the Jordan River, it says the river was at flood stage and it didn't part until the priests carrying the presence of God put their feet in it. So, I mean, you got Joshua standing here. We've done this once. It was at the Red Sea. <laughs> Moses said, part, and it parts. You got Joshua. We're standing here. This river is flooding. All the people coming, and he's like, guys, I think you're just going to have to step in it. Please, God, please, God, part the water, right? Go after you. I'm after you, right? And so they go, and then the water parts. And the priest, the presence of God, stays in the middle of the flood. Water parts, and all the people pass. And then God says, tell one representative from all tribes to get a rock and bring it out. And we're going to build a memorial. And when your children ask, what do these stones mean? You remind them what the Lord did here. So God continues to say to Joshua, Moses whispered in your ear, remember that first battle? Remember, as long as you kept your eyes on the standard, you overcame. As long as you kept yourself focused not on the battle that's raging, but above, on the standard, on the banner, on God, who is our banner. And then now, even in the middle of flood, even after Moses, the greatest leader ever, is no longer with us, Joshua, because my presence went first, I parted the Jordan, and you are now on your way into Canaan. After they cross over, then they circumcise the people who had not yet been circumcised. So they down for the count for a little bit. And then they observe Passover. This is their first Passover observance in the promised land. And then the Lord sends some more encouragement to Joshua. This is Joshua chapter 5. Verse 13, when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and he looked and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, nope, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Are you for us or for our adversaries? No. <laughs> but I am the commander of the Lord's army, and now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals for your, from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Again, another answer to one of our questions. Whose side is it that you are on, Lord? No. It's only one side. It's only his side. It's our obligation to get on his side. And when you realize what it is, that's when we're going to dig our sword, right? Right? That's when we're going to say, 
We're not moving from this spot. You better get on his side. Okay, here we go, Jericho chapter 6. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. I can't think, if any of you can, I want you to tell me. I can't think of a time in the word where God's people, where the Israelite people are shut up somewhere, not going out and not coming in. I think that's interesting. When all we've heard about is Moses and Joshua saying, we got to know how to go out and we got to know how to come in. And then we get to Jericho and it says they're shut up in there. Nobody's going out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus you shall do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. And on the seventh day... You shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. What does the number seven represent? Completion. Perfection. Completion. So we got seven priests, seven trumpets, seven days, seven times on the seventh day. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all of the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up it, every one straight before him. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Go forward, march around the city, and let the armed men pass on before the Ark of the Lord. And just as Joshua had commanded the people, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets, with the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord following them. The armed men were walking before the priests who were blowing the trumpets, and the rear guard was walking after the Ark, while the trumpets blew continually. But Joshua commanded the people, You shall not shout or make your voice heard, neither shall any word go out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout, and then you will shout. And so they march around that city six days, one time every day, no shouting. On the seventh day, they rose early as the dawn of the day, and they marched around the city in the same manner seven times. Now, what about the opposition? I mean, they're in there. They lived in those walls. So they're looking out, and they're seeing these crazy people just walk around, stop. Walk around, stop. Day seven, they just keep walking. Seven laps around. And at the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And the city and all that is within it shall be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall live because she hid the messengers whom we sent. So the people shouted, and the trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout, and the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight in before him, 
and they captured the city. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was in all of the land. Jericho was Joshua's first battle without Moses. And Moses had recited to Joshua over and over the faithfulness of the Lord. And then Joshua goes in and they cross over the Jordan River and the Lord says, build a memorial. Remind yourself of the faithfulness of me to you. And then the Lord sends the commander of the Lord's army to remind Joshua, this is who I've called you to be. Faithful, faithful, faithful. Abram, I want you to go ahead and come up and play. And we're going to continue in what we started during worship. And that is you as a remnant of a generation who is being called to step into a Joshua anointing. And we're just going to spend a little bit of time reminding our own selves of how the Lord has been faithful to us. Because just like we were saying, what is faithfulness? What is hope? And we even jokingly said, well, if you can't think of anything, get in the Word. And there is plenty in the Word that proves that God is faithful. But there is plenty in your life that proves that not only is God faithful, but that He sees you. And that He has called you to make a stand. He has called you to simply obey whatever He asks you to do with a posture just like we took at the beginning of worship tonight. We just want to know you. We're listening. And we will obey you because you have been faithful. And there is something to saying out of your mouth. You know, the the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If all I do is just in my heart, let all of this stuff just mull around and I never say it, then I never hear it. So you have to activate yourself and begin to say, even though I am afraid, even though there is illness and people that I love are sick, even though I don't know what next month is going to look like, even though I don't see an open door, even though I don't know what the next step is, even though I have this addiction that I haven't been able to shake, even though I don't know if my parents are going to stay together, even though, and you just let all of this mull around. But if I will start to say, in the midst no open doors you have never left me alone you have been faithful God you've never been late you've never forgotten me you put me in the right school you've given me great friends I have a Moses in my life 
I know who I'm standing shield to shield with. You are faithful, God. And the more that you say it and the more that you hear it, that lion that is inside of those lungs will start to begin to growl. And before you know it, you will shout. And some of these walls that we have seen and we have labeled and we have named are going to start to come down. Because you are not a silent generation. You are a Joshua generation. And so what I want us to do, and I don't know how long this is going to last, but I want us to just spread out. I want you to get in a place where you feel like you are not inhibited. And we're going to spend a little bit of time just worshiping and saying out loud, remind yourself how the Lord has been faithful to you. But I want you to speak it up. Speak it out. Thanks for listening to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. For more information and other resources, visit candygibbs.com.